the nostalgia critic is missing presumed fucking terrified, however he did leave one extra video for you this week. Hello, I'm the Nostalgia Critic. I remember it so you don't have to. And welcome to another installment of... What You Never Knew. This is where we look back at those movies you've seen a million times, but still manage to miss one or two little details. With that said, let's take a look at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, not that shit. I'm talking about the real Ninja Turtles. Called the real Ninja Turtles, because they're really fucking them! The original cinematic best-looking Ninja Turtles from the 90s. And not when they looked like Sesame Street or ran their faces into a wall. We all love this corny nonsense from our past, but how much do we really know about it? What was going on in plain sight that you never noticed before? They're not behind-the-scenes facts or nitpicking plot holes, they're just the kick-ass little moments you never realized were making the movie even more kick-ass. Let's not waste any time, let's take a look at the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. We all know April O'Neil, but for a running joke, all the other reporters are named after months of the year as well. April O'Neil. Exactly, June. Did you know that May Williams over at Channel 5? April, May, and June. Hey, if giant surfing turtles can be named after Renaissance painters, anything flies. It was a joke! If you look closely in the Foots warehouse, you'll notice that there's a box for Archie Comics. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles adventures at the time were also being produced by Archie Comics. Gosh! I do hope there's more of them. In another homage, listen closely to where this kid says the Foot Clan's hideout is. Check out the East Warehouse over Lairdman Island. That's East Warehouse on Lairdman Island. A nod to Eastman and Laird, who are the original creators of the Ninja Turtles comic that started it all. Good in-joke there, kid. I hope you go places. This kid went places. He's Sam Rockwell. In the original comic, the turtles all looked and acted identically, even down to wearing the same colored masks. When the cartoon came out, they gave them different personalities and different colored masks. However, if you were to see them in black and white, you still wouldn't be able to tell them apart. That's why in the film, they all have unique facial and body structures. Leonardo, for example, is the thinnest, tallest, and most even balanced. Michelangelo is the most wide-eyed and expressive. Raphael is the most brute-like, with stronger muscles and a permanent sneer. And Donatello always looks the most inquisitive, with his face often in pondering mode. Every one of these changes reflects the personality that was given to them. More additions to wardrobe would carry over in the 2014 film as well, but, like I said, Walt's a face syndrome. Come on, guys, would a bigger nose have killed ya? Where did they come up with this stuff? All the actors inside the turtle suits also made appearances outside of the turtle suits. Remember that pizza guy? That's Michelangelo. The foot soldier talking to April, that's Donatello. One of the gang members here, that's Leonardo. And remember that passenger watching Raphael flip over the cab? That's Raphael himself! And as an added bonus, Kino in the second Ninja Turtles film was actually the stunt double for Donatello. Hey, anyone who can work in those suits deserves their own part in the movie. Doesn't, Doesn't everybody? everybody? Does the voice of Splinter sound familiar to you? You are still young, but one day I will be gone. Right? He sounds exactly like Elmo. Well, okay, I don't care if you can't hear it, but it is the same guy. 
Kevin Clash, both the puppeteer and voice for Elmo, did the exact same thing for Splinter, not only providing the voice, but also being one of the many puppeteers to operate it. Hey, as long as Elmo's vocals don't come out of his lips, I'm good. Elmo's very happy to see you! <laughs> People growing up with the Turtles today know all the characteristics, right? Leo's the leader, Donnie's the brains, Mikey's the goof-off, and Raph's the loner. But actually in the cartoon, both Raph and Mikey were the goof-offs. The main difference being Raph was a bit more cynical and quick-witted, where Mikey was a bit more of a light-hearted doofus. When the movie came along, they decided both of them were a little too similar. So they made Raphael an angry and impulsive tough guy who often liked to do things on his own, where Michelangelo would handle more of the goofy humor. This would stick with them in future variations, including cartoons and movies. Well, you act like a jerk sometimes, you know that? Remember the song Turtle Power, the song that played during the end credits of the movie? I guess the rap group Partners in Crime must have been real fans of the Turtles, huh? Bullshit! If you listen to the song, you'll hear clearly that they get the wrong turtle who's the leader. Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Donatello make up the team with one other fellow Raphael. He's the leader of the group Transformers. It's Leonardo, you fuckknockers! Leonardo! This resulted in so many playground battles. Did they get it wrong? Is Raph the new leader now? Was he always the leader? Did we just misinterpret things? This debate literally resulted in minutes. MINUTES of intense arguing among second graders everywhere. And our throats are still sore. I hope your next project served as punishment for such a horrendous mistake. Good. Actually, how does Ice always kill everything associated with turtles? Who the hell is that guy? Huh, weird. A lot of people take this scene where Michelangelo ignores Donatello as him not listening or caring about what he has to say with Splinter. Hey Mikey, did you ever think about what Splinter said tonight? I mean about what it would be like. You know, not having him. Hmm. Time's up. Three bucks off. But there is another way to look at this. You ever notice later how Michelangelo is the one crying the hardest when they communicate with their lost master? It's totally possible that instead of ignoring Donatello, he could just be in denial. Like the idea of him being gone is so painful he'd rather not think about it at all. Maybe I'm reading too deep into it, but you never know. Food for thought. Kids. While many people think the movie is adapted from only the cartoon, it's actually a mix of both the cartoon and the original comic. Most of us know the contributions from the show, but the backstory is more like the comic, the Shredder's design is more like the comic, the lack of robotic Foot Clan is more like the comic, the climax on top of the building is more like the comic, even the slightly darker tone and heavier shadows seem to be more like the comic. This came at just the right time as Batman was released a year earlier and showed that a grittier take on comic books was totally doable. Wheel of Fortune, dude! Well, mostly grittier. And I thought everybody loved Venom. <laughs> Oh my god, did Donatello eat somebody? Actually, that's the puppeteer's mouth showing through. It happens a few times in the film. In fact, there's a few moments where you can see the wires, wear and tear, and like I said before, the puppeteers. At exactly what point did we lose control here? In honor of the recent passing of Robin Williams, I present a surprisingly small contribution that he made to the first Turtles film. You see, he was filming a movie called Cadillac Man, 
which he co-starred in with, well, Judith Hogue, who you would later know as April O'Neil. Being a big fan of the cartoon and comic, he was giving her advice and information about O'Neil's character. Information, she said later, was very helpful. Nothing major, but it's good to know he was still influencing our childhoods one way or another. Awesome! And the number one thing you never knew about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is... Nobody wanted to make it. Weird, right? One of the most product-producing, merchandise-selling cash cows of the 80s and 90s, and the film based on it nobody had any interest in. All the major studios turned it down. As a result, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is actually an independent movie. Yep, no studio bought it until months into filming when then-newcomer New Line Cinema purchased it. As a result, your childhood icons became the highest-grossing independent movie of all time. That is, until Blair Witch Project came out nine years later, but hey, I'll take turtle power over seeing nothing any time of the day. Are there any more that you noticed? Are there any more little touches we're talking about? Well, leave them in the comments below and keep talking about a movie that's definitely worth talking about. I'm the Nostalgia Critic, I remember it, so you don't have to.